is upstairs. If you haven't gone upstairs, uh, I would encourage you to go up, you know, at the next service. Because pastor is talking about, uh, pastor is talking about the talents, the parable of the talents. Now, when you hear about that parable, what do you think of money, right? Giving what God has given you? Well, let's look at it in a broader perspective. Let's look at it in terms of relationships. Because what did pastor say? He said, do not be resentful for what you don't have. Demonstrate gratitude for what you do have. How many of us have looked around at other relationships and said, why can't I have what they have? How many of us look at our relationships and look at what we don't have versus what we do have? How many of us have taken our relationships and buried them because we're comfortable? How many of us have buried ourselves because we're comfortable in our dysfunction? Well, this is working. So it's okay that it's not as good as it can be. It's working. So you do what you do. I'll do what I'll do. And, and we'll call it a marriage. And we'll call it a marriage and we'll there. coexist. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's coexisting. God has called couples together. And I like what Danny Soak says. Two powerful people called together for one powerful purpose. And we are so anxious in, in you know, with, uh, what, what are we doing? The church-wide thing? Growth track. Growth track, sorry. <laughs> complete blank. <laughs> complete blank. Please keep in mind, we are so anxious to see what God has for us that we're neglecting to see what He already has with us. We are so anxious to get started here. Notice I walked away. We are so anxious to get started here that we are willing to leave that relationship in the dust. Or, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and pursue this? Because we can do that together. We can function well in that together. And this never gets nurtured. Or the other thing. Okay, come on, you're coming with me. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. No, 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 we have to do this. We have to. Okay. <laughs> All right, now that, that could be a kitchen remodel. Okay. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Guilty though. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, 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 no, we have to do this because this is what my desire is. I got to make an appointment to Kaiser for my arm. <laughs> okay. Dave, or, who's your doctor? <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be, it could be in any area. All right. We have to do this. We have to do devotionals every night together. If we do not do devotionals every night together, then 
Okay? Is it bad to do devotionals? No. Is it bad to force yes. Yes. your partner to do devotionals? Yes. Is it okay to encourage and invite? Yes. Okay? Big difference. But too often in our exuberance, we're pushing. <coughs> or pulling. We're out of breath. Joe, come up on teach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll get off my soapbox now. All right, what have you been talking about? Anyone have an idea? We've only been on it for about eight weeks now. Yeah. Forgiveness. Love. Love. <laughs> Love. Of which forgiveness is a good part. Yes, yes. First Corinthians 13, we've been breaking it down. And we're on verse 6. <laughs> but we are moving at a snail's pace. It's actually going to finish next week. Yeah. Uh, how many of us are really appreciative for the word that Joe brought last week? If you guys, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Only last week. It was okay. only last week. It was actually a phenomenal teaching, and it is on podcast beyond the web. Um, yeah. You can go down to teachings, and yeah. you entitled it. Um, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. So it's the last one. It's the last podcast. So again, beyond a wedding. Phenomenal teaching. Uh, great teaching. So, um, and it really challenged how we see scripture. And I think this is a good follow-up on that. Because oftentimes we view scripture versus, through lenses. And we, we miss the point. That's my girl. All right. So we've been talking about there's two types of love. One is based in how things make us feel. I love pizza. I love my mini. Joe loves his Mustang. Gene loves to go on trips. Yeah. yeah. How, how things make us feel. And it's, it's very self-centered. It's very self-centered. The other lies in appreciating the value of others. It's a choice in other-centered. And the purest form is recognizing is, is that God is the creator of the individual. I love you, and I can unconditionally love you, because God created you. And I have a fear and a reverence for God, which causes me to want to love you. Because I would venture to say that if you're having trouble loving your enemies, I would suggest maybe your fear and reverence of God isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because if we really fear God, and if we actually revere God. You don't understand what they did to me. And what they continue to do to me. If you fear God, even in the face of that, because God, when you go face God, he's not going to listen to any of the buts. I've heard more buts in a Christian walk. Seriously. Since I've been a Christian, I've heard more buts from people. You know what? But does totally negates, totally swipes out what you just said. God is good, but he didn't meet me in this. God is good, but he's not giving me my heart's desire, which is either a lie or your heart's desire is not in line with his word. <laughs> All right, because God does give us our heart's desire, just maybe not in our timeline. <laughs> That's the other thing. So what we've been trying to talk about is how to love one another well. In that process of loving one another well, when we're dealing with, but this person has done this, 
It doesn't mean not going through the emotional grief, the emotional anger, the emotional hurt and pain. We have to walk that out. As Christians, it's just as important to recognize that we've been hurt, but not hold on to that hurt. That's what the cross is for. That's what our relationship, that's why we're put in fellowship with one another. We can't take that blame on ourselves. We can't blame the other person. We need to recognize what was done on the cross for that hurt. And that takes time. For some things, it takes that much time. For other things, it takes that much time. All right, how much time for you? I don't know. I'm not you. All right. So, I mean, in, well, come on. They died, you know, three years ago. Why are you still grieving like that? Why are you? Is it because your heart is that broken? Or is it because your heart is in a place where you're not allowing God to comfort it? I can't judge that. You know, it's, it, it, there's... But how many times? Come on, it's been three months. Buck up. You're, you should be fine by now. Pull up. Pull, pull up, up your, your big boy pants. Yeah, pull up your big boy pants. Get over it. Okay. Um, that actually kind of goes along with today's verse. Um, today's verse is, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. So we're going to deal with the first part. Love does not delight in evil. What does that mean to you guys? Yeah, when you read or hear that, what does it mean to you? Love does not delight in evil. Well, it makes complete sense. Sorry. It makes complete sense to me. I mean, it's it's the opposite of evil, love. Okay. 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 They they got what they deserved. Okay. Wow. Okay. Like, and I told you so kind of Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. They totally deserve that. Okay. So if, if we don't have that attitude, then we're okay. We're not delighting in evil. What? Yeah. It says, it says, love does not delight in evil. So we're asking, <laughs> what does love does not delight in evil look like? Look like. Uh, delighting in evil looks like I told you so. Yeah, delighting in evil says I told right. you it so. It says do not. <laughs> it's like a, well, it's like children. It's like being like little children. I mean, not when they get angry or throwing a tantrum, but when they're playing, you know, like we're supposed to be, to be like little children like Christ said for us to be. That's what it looks like. Okay. okay. I think we shouldn't partake with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shouldn't partake with evil. Okay. Liz? In my mind, it's love does not delight and evil means you're looking at all of the right things. You're looking at all of the good things. You're looking at all the positive. Okay. You know, you're, you're not looking at things the wrong way. You're not looking at a person or anything in a malicious or evil. I, I know I use the word evil again, but it's not... It's not bad. It's good. It's not okay. good, but good. Okay. Don't worry. Focusing on the negative or the evil okay. aspect that put you well first. Okay. Yeah, that. That's what I meant. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I had this couple one time share with me just the way that they practice viewing each other, and I thought it was super interesting. They decided to view one another through their identity in Christ. Okay. So, like, if the, the other spouse had, like, an issue, but it, and they knew that that issue, Christ doesn't have that issue. They refuse to allow them to color the, the lens of how they treat them and saw them. So it's like love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Like the truth is who you are in Christ. And so them and their marriage choosing to view each other through the identity in Christ was like 
it brought a lot of enrichment versus them nitpicking and fault finding. Like they got, they inspired each other to be better because they saw each other as better. Good. I like that. Kathy? I was just going to say that. No, I mean, how long have they been married? They were actually pastors at, well, she asked how long they've been married. They're they're the pastors at uh, burning Blazing Fire. Cool. Awesome. So they've been married for over 30 years? Yeah, about 20 plus years. I was just thinking that um, a lot of it goes back to that forgiveness because to me the only way, especially if somebody has really hurt you, the only way you can look at them that way is if the Lord has, you know, done that in your heart. I mean, forgiving them and, you know, it's hard, you know, if somebody's really hurt you, it's really, really hard to get past that. Okay. Okay. Without the forgiveness, I mean, with the forgiveness, the Lord you know, give you the supernatural ability to do that. And kind of um, piggybacking off what she was saying, uh, I know for me, I had to really look at my hurt and um, how I was going to forgive. And I went to prayer night on Tuesday one night uh, when this first happened three years ago. And after I had gotten home, I I sat down on the side of my bed and I said, you know what, it's not my place to judge. It's your wrath. So what I have to do is I have to give it to you. And I forgave both of them that night. And it was like just the world of that weight was like lifted off my shoulders. And I never, I don't, I don't carry that anymore. And how you were saying, um, you know, do you blame yourself, you know, for, um, I don't blame myself for what happened, but I do take account when I think back, like how I ruined my marriage, I do take accountability for that. Um, you know, prayed on it to where, you know, if I'm blessed with another marriage down the road, that he teaches me how to be the wife uh, that he, that I needed to be back then. But I do know that, you know, it takes two to be in a marriage, so, you know, but that's, the, that's one way to look at it. You have to give it to him and realize that it's not your wrath, it's God's wrath. It's, it's, um... Yeah, all of that is very true. Um, Liz, to kind of piggyback on what you said, how many of us, um, oh, what is the, there's a a program called like TMZ, um, and um, I think it, um, it, it's like this, I'm not even sure what it is because I don't, I mean, it's, it's a national acquirer on TV. There you go. It's a national acquirer on TV. Okay. Um, but all of the, 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 the things that come across as you news on, you know, either MSN or Yahoo, or, you know, you got those feeds and stuff like that, that have all these little, um, uh, stories of these really not nice things that you know so and so got caught doing this or so and so got caught doing this or or this evil happened you know um when we are clicking on those things or we're watching those things are we living out this verse do not delight in evil no. yes right. no, not. Yeah. because isn't gossip considered the drama. evil yeah, yeah that's why we're not doing with that verse. We're not doing oh, exactly. with it. Yeah. You know that if we're clicking on those things, if we're if we're if we're watching those things, if we're, I'm sorry. Then we're delighting it. Even I mean, like if, if, at, um, how do I say this? Is news important? Yeah. 
I saw something where a rapper got um, hit on stage because he had played his video of hanging a white child in front of a black child. And it was like, this guy was not just going to let that go. And the more I read into it, I got sick to my stomach. And all of a sudden, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, just so I just like turned my phone off. And I, I mean, it just, it was like, it was just weird. Like, the, like the more I read into it, the, the more kind of in a way, the more interesting it got. And I wanted to see more until I had come to that part. And then I was like, oh my God, like, you know, just don't, don't even do that. Okay. So it is tempting out there. It, it is. is. I think it's important to know like what's going on in the world, especially like your own country and stuff. Um, it's also important to find the truth amongst what is out there because there's mm -hmm. so much fake news mm -hmm. nowadays uh, where you have one person who's like, oh yeah, this is true, and then like tens, thousands of articles get written on it but really it's just one person making it up yeah. um, and to actually do the research and stuff like that. Not necessarily, like I honestly could care less about what the Kardashians ate or you know, stuff like that <laughs> and not getting caught up in that drama, but knowing what is happening and what is actually happening. Like, okay, this happened, but what was happened beforehand to make it to get to this as opposed to just jumping to conclusions and judgments. <coughs> now, why, why are we broadening the scope so much to like national stuff when we're talking about love does not delight and evil? What is that really, because this is relational care, right? What does the one have to do with the other? Are we getting too broad? Are we getting too, okay, we're Jeff, not you have something? There's too many things that blind people for what the reality of fact is in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. speaking on the new stuff, you got so much things that talk about, I don't know, politics, religion, is separating people, you know, and, and just right there, that's evil. That's delight and evil. We're supposed to be in one accord, but because we're born in sin, that's just in our bloodline, if we don't accept Christ. Right. So, I think the, the bigger things are the fertilizer what's in our heart. Yeah, and it is just like fertilizer. What is fertilizer made out of? Yeah, exactly. Sarah, and then I want to share something. Like, what does this have to do with emotional care and relational care? Well, how you're doing emotionally affects how you're going to treat someone else and care for someone else emotionally. So if you're feeding yourself on negativity and that news, what do you have to offer the person that you're caring for but that negativity coming out? And that's the lens through which you're working and you're looking at things. There is a... And I'm, I'm going to pick on Jeff just because I saw your beats, okay? You got the headphones. What messages are we listening to through our songs? You know, oh, that's okay. You know, I mean, you know, yes, I listen to Christian songs and that, but I really like my country music or I like my old school music, you know, um, so it's got a better message, but does it? And stop and listen to it? And, and you know, some of them do. Yeah. Some of them do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they don't. But what I'm saying is, how many times do we actually stop? 
and pay attention to the lyrics versus just listening to the beat, or that's what we grew up with. And here's... <laughs> give me one second, Liz. Give, give me one second. And here's the, here's the situation. We are in a society that delights in evil. That's, that's a society in which we live. It's full of drama. I can bet that every football player in the United States is going to be kneeling on that sidelines just to show up Donald Trump. We delight in this stuff as a society. But what does God's word say? What did Jesus pray in the garden? That we would not be of the world. That we would be in it, but not be of it. That means that we would not fall prey to the influence of society around us. How do you cook a frog? You stick them in a pot of cold water and you turn it on. Well, you do. Because he won't jump out. He won't jump out even as the getting hot. Even as the temperature is getting hot, he's going to acclimate, acclimate, acclimate until he dies. Oh, that poor frog. <laughs> Look at us! How many of us are going to acclimate until we die? And, and, and you want to think you're not acclimating? Look at your friends. Look at the people that you spend a lot of time with. And look at the words that you guys use together. Okay? Now you put yourself into a situation where now you're with family. Not with your friends, and you say the same thing, and your family goes, "What'd you just say?" I don't get it. I'm guilty. Of okay, that. I don't get it because the people that we spend time with, we acclimate to. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to be individual, but you ever notice this group of individuals all look alike? <laughs> all right. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to. Sue, you're going to. Oh, I was just going to say. You know, we did a series. Joe, I think, did the series about you know the current events thing mm -hmm. and you know uh, he brought up a point about how you know no one is talking just sitting down and talking about you know this and that and that to that to that and so I kind of took that to heart and so now I kind of what well, doesn't matter if people are believers or unbelievers I just kind of throw it out like oh what did you think about Kaepernick what did you think about you know and they just start talking you know, and and getting their ideas out and this and that and, and gives me other things to think about and then I ask more questions and, you know, like the thing that happened yesterday, you know, on the news. It's like, well, you know, I might ask what people think about that just to get... Yeah, I don't know what happened yesterday. There's a difference between staying informed and delighting in it. Meaning well, absorbing yeah. in it, no, absorbing no, it. You know, I'm trying to use it like as a tool, like you know, like to because I don't want people just to. To me, is like everyone's going to anger. Sure. So let's let's just let's start a discussion. Let's yeah, talk about let's it. Let's start a discussion about it. All right. Well, in that then. Did Liz, Liz have I'll something else to say? Very nice here about this relationship. But there was also a program 
uh, on TV with Joel Osteen. I was wondering what your thoughts are about it. I've never watched it, so I have Joel no thoughts. Joel Osteen <laughs> talks about relationships. And it's, yeah, like I agree with Ron. Um, we haven't sat down and watched. You know, we, we know um, rumors of his message in that, but because we haven't actually partaken in it, um, even no for comment. five minutes. Uh, I've never read anything he's done. I've never listened to a word he's preached. So I have no comment on it. I just can't comment. Because to do so would be doing so out of ignorance. And I may be ignorant about some things. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on, though. Let, let's move on. How about the last part, then? Rejoices with the truth. What does that mean to you? Now, we've talked about, you know, we've talked about... Uh, delighting in the evil and you know I I had on there you know maybe ours is more subtle maybe we don't delight in the evil but we smile at the failings of others come on who doesn't enjoy watching the Patriots lose a Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> all right who doesn't enjoy it I don't play golf but who doesn't enjoy it when your buddy misses a putt <laughs> especially one that he should have made I play board games. I trash talk all the time. It's part of the gaming experience. Okay? It's subtle. It's subtle, though. It really It's very subtle. You're right. Not the way I do it. Well played. It's good nature. Yes. It's good nature. Yes. It's yes. good natured. I kicked your butt. Yeah, yeah. Well played. I can't even talk now. <laughs> I am speechless. Literally, I am speechless. Please. It is, it is good natured, but is it good? No. It's not encouraging. It's not out of love. Okay. Does that mean we can never do anything like that? Do you think that, I mean, seriously? That's when it starts sounding like it's legalistic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Joe? Well, just about the what you're doing in terms of when you're saying about the ribbing and stuff, you know, everything goes back to what the motivation of your heart is. Yeah. yeah. Because I work with guys and we kid each other all day long. Yeah. Good, clean, fun. We're not talking about somebody's parents, we're not using profanity, we're not doing those things. But underneath it, there's a good, healthy camaraderie with that. Because of the way our relationship is, that we can do that. And you can't do that with everybody. Exactly. So it's just and like you have to have a foundational relationship well, first. It's yes. like everybody, everybody's relationship is not the same, right? Some people, you know, you can have that kind of relationship with, some people can't. So it's, it's, it's important on us to be comfortable enough in ourselves to be able to understand what kind of relationship I can have with different people. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just what we kind of do. This is kind of the way I am. If you don't like it, get over it. Right? Exactly. Which, again, is not, it's not love. Yeah. And right? I think love that is caring yeah. for the, the, other, the, the, the other person. Right. Paul? Well, I just want to fill it really quickly. Okay, Anne, Anne brought up a great term for it, in case you guys didn't hear it. Legalistic. Okay. When we're talking about, and I was talking about, you know, with the news and how much we're watching and listening and all of that. Some Christians, I never watch that. It's too negative. I won't go near it. All right. 
other, I pay attention because I want to be informed because I use it as a discussion starter. Neither can be wrong, neither can be fully right. It depends upon the attitude of the heart. And if you're going, everyone, ha everyone has to be one way or the other, that's legalism. Paul. I forgot. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, to key on what, what Joe was sharing too, uh, our friend Charles, Chuck from Maine, uh, he shared years ago with us that uh, you know he's, he and I both work in industry, a whole bunch of guys, okay? Guys, we know who we, we, what we're like, right? The trash talk about our wives happens daily, <laughs> moment by moment, and Charles was in the middle of one of those things and he just kind of waited his turn, the garbage is being spewed, and he put in there, you know what? I am so blessed by the life that I have. Uh, spoke a couple of truths about his wife, and he said the, the atmosphere changed, everybody started, yeah, you know what? She packs my lunch every day, I love it, and she serves me, and you know, the, everybody was doing that. I've done that a couple of times. It's amazing, the shift that, you know, all of the, the ball and chain, the wife, you know, all of the, and it goes downhill from there. Um, but just one little mention of, that, there's no way I deserved any better than this. You know, just a, sh a small little thing, and it just shifts the whole conversation. So, here, so you're not delighting in the evil, but instead you're rejoicing in the truth. And here's, and I appreciate what Lance Wallnau says takes 5%, an active 5% to change the culture around them. Just 5% to change, they have to be active and they have to be purposed. But if they are purposed and active, good or bad, that 5% can change the culture around them. But look at Colin Kaepernick. Isn't that what he's doing? I, I don't mean to bring that up, but I mean, that's what he's doing. He's taking his, he's taking his, his thought and he's slowly getting 5% from whatever the, the number is. As a teacher that's worked in a public school system for over a decade, I could tell you when I worked in the classroom in middle school, same teacher teaching the same material to different groups of kids, okay? If Johnny was there, Whatever. It's like if one kid was in class that day, it was a totally different class mm -hmm. than if that child was absent. Mm -hmm. Influence. Influence. Mm -hmm. You know? So if five percent to change culture, that doesn't mean positive. It can be positive or negative. It can be either direction. It's just like money. People think money is evil. No. The love of money. Money is indifferent. It's just a tool. Elaine and then Joe. I have this little sign on my desk that says fairness is seeing a viewpoint of each person involved in any issue. And I think sometimes, even in situations with little Johnny, I use that word. My daughter always said, Who's little Johnny? I'm like, <laughs> 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 But sometimes we don't take the time out to find out why. 
okay, little Johnny is coming to class and he's disruptive. But why is little Johnny disruptive? Is little Johnny coming from an abusive home? If little Johnny didn't have his lunch or his breakfast this morning, is little Johnny being abused by his brother, his sister, sexually molested, whatever the case may be. But sometimes we don't take the time out to see another person's viewpoint of why they do what they do, you know. Even when sometimes people say, well, I don't want to watch the news, it's so negative or negative. Okay, fine, sometimes it can be informative. But in the same case, someone can have a strong opinion about something and not even know what's going on, but they've taken a stance and not even knowing the truth of what's really going on. In You've met my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Joe? Um, so Elaine brings up a good point, and I think that, you know, with everything that's going on in the country today, the question goes back to who are we as a people of God? Because whether you are for protests or not, whether you are Kaepernick or not, whether you are flag or not, the point comes down to who are we as people of God, right? That's number one. And number two, as people of God, what are we called to do? And so, to me, I see what's going on in the country as a golden opportunity for the people of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, right, it's not about Republican, Democrat, it's not about that. It's about God's people that are going to go into the world and they're going to love others as they love themselves. I don't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, Muslim, Buddhist, I don't care. right? Because God didn't put a disclaimer on that. And if you want it, that 5% wants to change the world, right? Then each of us, right? Each of us are in that 5%. So each of us has to go home and look in the mirror and say, you know what? Regardless of what's going out there, regardless of who's saying what, I am a person of God. I have been called to love. And I'm going to change my sphere by loving the way God has loved. Because when we do that, we open the door for God to do some powerful things. But as long as we are like, well, this person, that person, I don't agree with this, I don't agree with that's all fine and good. Every one of us has an opinion. Yep. But as a, as a person of God, I may have my own strong opinion about this or that or him or whatever. That's all fine and good. But see, I was supposed to die to myself. Right? When I took that up, God has said, that you're going to live my life through you. And so when he says, you're going to go and you're going to love the unlovable, you're going to love that person. And Elaine says, you're going to look beyond what a lot of us look and say, oh, well, this is this and this is that. And that's why I love what Sue said, because I can't know you unless I'm going to take some time to sit down and talk to you. Now, that doesn't mean at the end of the day I agree with you. It doesn't mean at the end of the day that we agree with each other. But in the relational respect that that gives to sit down with another person and say, you know what? How do you feel on that? Why do you feel on that? And that doesn't mean I got to give my opinion, because it could be they could say that and go, well, you know what? Thanks for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. And I can move on, but I guarantee you what's going to happen is that person is going to feel respected. Even though they don't maybe agree with you, they're going to feel respected because you took the time, right, to move into some kind of relationship and dialogue with them. 
If we do that, I'm telling you, that 5%, God's 5%, can change a whole lot. Can I share what happened Go ahead. Okay. We'll share whatever you want to share. Went on, Thank you, Joe. I went on a mission trip to, um, we were in Turkey. I think we were in Turkey. May have been in Athens. Anyway, um, we wound up going to a park. It was Greece. It was Athens. It was Greece. Okay. So we wound up going into a park, and this park had a lot of um, refugees, uh, illegals. Okay. It was, it was a dangerous park. Um, on the way um, to this park and on the way back, we saw prostitution. We saw a lot of drug use, intravenous drug use. I mean, it was not in the best neighborhood, let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, the hotel manager's like, you guys went where? Is everyone okay? Okay, when we came back. And we went back a second night, okay? So these people that the manager's like, you guys don't go there. It's dangerous, okay? Um, those people, the second night, told us to stay away from this imam. Imam is a Muslim cleric, priest, okay? Because he wants to kill Americans, okay? We didn't try to convince anyone of anything. What we did was love people. We loved people. We danced with them. We prayed for them. Um, yes, we did the, you know, the, the skit and whatnot. This cleric at the beginning, Okay. I mean, we were there for a few hours, okay? He was like <coughs> mean, angry, very tight, closed off, all right? By the end of the evening, he walked two-thirds of the way back to um, our hotel with us, and he was like this. <laughs> okay. He was strutting. He was strutting, okay? We were singing and playing guitar, <coughs> and I think we had tambourines and stuff like that as well, all right? I don't know that anyone had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him, all right, because I don't even know if he talked English, and I didn't see anyone, but he saw love. He saw love. We could have ran in fear. We could have said, you know, you're wrong. I love you. You need to understand that, okay? You're believing the wrong things. You need to understand how much God loves you, okay? As Christians, we do that a lot. We do that a lot because we have the truth. We <laughs> call it evangelism. It. <laughs> okay? Is there a time and a place for that? Yes. Yes. Generally speaking? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and I was I was up in I was up in Montreal and I, I have a contract with a company in Montreal and we were driving to Ottawa, so I'm in the passenger seat and the person who's responsible for my contract is is driving. And I, I mentioned about going to Israel for a mission trip. What I didn't realize is that her father is an Israeli Jew. So when I talked about going to Palestine, because how do Israeli Jews look at Palestinians? There's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of anger. Yeah. And, and so when I, it, without, when I, when I, when we weren't in Palestine, when we didn't visit Palestine, when I knew nothing, I saw the, I saw the bullets flying. That's what I saw. I knew there was anger. I knew there was animosity. 
Here's what I saw. I saw a bunch of Palestinians trying to kill Israelis. That's what I saw. Terrors. Terrorists. Step foot into Palestine. And you begin to have a deeper appreciation <coughs> for them as a people. Because keep in mind, they are a people of... They are... They're created by God. They're created by God. And actually, the Palestinians came from the same bloodline that the Israelis did. They came from Abraham. They came from Abraham's own work as opposed to God's work through Abraham. So we have this people here, and when we walk into a refugee camp, Bethlehem is surrounded by a wall, folks. Concrete wall. Taller than this room. It's 15 to 20 feet tall. With wire up on top. You know why they put it there? To keep the Palestinians out of Jerusalem so they wouldn't terrorize the, 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 the Israelis here. Bethlehem or Jerusalem? Bethlehem. Oh. And that, so Bethlehem is a Palestinian. And so if you think of a walled city, you almost think that that city is a refugee camp almost. Because they're displaced. Do you realize there's refugee camps within a refugee camp of Bethlehem? Wow. There's people that are displaced from their own people. You walk into that, what do you see? You see widows. You see orphans. You see kids. You see people that want relationship. You see people that want relationship, that want love, that want to experience that. And so my view of Palestinians is much different than hers. Because she sees it through one lens. We see it through another lens. A good, good father takes me back to that Palestinian orphanage time and time again. I can't get away from it holding that little kid in my arms, knowing that at 18, he's going to be prey for a suicide bomber. We have 5%. I venture to say that we're 5% of wherever we're at. If we simply rejoice in the truth, the way God has asked us to rejoice in the truth, I think we can change things. Not only in our own relationships, but society. It's not simply enough. Notice, Paul didn't say, uh, don't rejoice in unrighteousness. In, in, um, what was it? Evil. Evil. Don't rejoice at evil and leave it there. No, he didn't. Because if I just tell Jane, well, just don't do that, that gives her no direction. I don't know what you want. I want you to do. Just don't do that. That's not working. That doesn't help. Paul says, rejoice with the truth. Notice the word with. Rejoice with the truth. What is truth? This is church. The Jesus is the right answer. <laughs> Not all the time. Duly noted. But in this moment, Jesus, that's what he said. Jesus himself said, I am the truth. Yep. So the way we don't rejoice with evil is we rejoice with Jesus. 
We have compassion for those that fail, and we have mercy for those who need mercy. That's what Jesus did, folks. So in those circumstances and in those situations where you're dealing with something or someone that will never change, is that the truth? You're limiting God. You're limiting God. Okay? I'm always going to be like that. You're limiting God. And not loving yourself very well, by the way. So you're saying I can't say, well, that's just the way I am? No, you can't. Well, you can. You can. But actually, it's a lie. So you want to do the truth? Yeah. Or Or do you want to do the lie? Because if we say that's just the way I am, we are looking at ourselves through our own lens and not through Christ. That's right. Because Christ is not that. And if we are one with Christ and Christ is in us, then we're not like that either. We may not be fully developed yet. All right, the tadpole doesn't look like the frog. All right, but the tadpole cannot say it's not the frog. It is. It just looks very different right now, and it has a maturing process to go through. Jeff, you are. And also, what she said, you know, we can't say that either because then that's comfortability in our own life. Mm. And if we're comfortable in life, that means we don't grow. Mm. Truth. 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 Yeah. That's also true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when someone is in. Um, an abusive relationship um, coming back to like looking like what lens are you looking through if you try to see the good in that person um, you know and you try your hardest until someone leaves or just you know ends or whatnot I mean in a way you know despite like I wasn't trying to see the flaws and the imperfections I was trying to see that there is a gentle and loving person in there somewhere under anger and hurt and trauma in his life. You know, at that time, was I looking at him through God's lens? And, you know, meaning by loving him despite, uh, you know, everything? Is that like when you're talking? When it? you're talking about uh, yes and no, uh, because when you're dealing with an abusive situation where you're allowing yourself to be abused mm-hmm. and you're, you're denying the other, person, mm-hmm. uh, the other person's failings, you're not rejoicing in the truth that you have value mm-hmm. and you have worth and that to be treated like that is not what God desires. Right. Okay, right. so I mean, you have to have yeah. both. Right. If you don't have both, um, then there's a lot of codependence and there's a lot of manipulation and a lot of unhealthiness. Okay. So yes, I can look at, at Ron's failings, not abusiveness, right. okay? Right. I can look at Ron's failings and recognize that as much as I'm an unfinished creation that's still being sanctified, right. uh, so is Ron, right. all right? But that's different than abusiveness because abusiveness says, well, I did something wrong, I deserve it. That's not the truth either. Right. No one deserves to be treated. God took that abuse for us so that we don't have to be abused like that. So it really is that that wholeness. We can't go through life uh, like we talked about earlier saying, well, I can't I can't delight in evil, so I'm not going to ever you know, smile at a fumble. Right. Yeah, smile at a fumble. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it, that that's legalism and that's too broad a focus. And we have to take 
this is my Bible, multiple Bibles. We have to take it in its totality. Yeah. And I appreciate what Joe shared last week because love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That as means grammatically at the same time as. Right. Which I was not doing. They are not mutually exclusive of one another. Right. You are supposed to be doing one as you do the other. The scripture assumes you're going to do the one. The one on this side, yourself, because <laughs> we're naturally inclined to do that. But it's it's the totality of it at the same time as Sarah. Um, I just this kind of just keeps coming up. We're talking about um, being able to love people as Christ loved people. That's delighting with the truth. Is He is the truth, and how He loves His truth. And I keep coming back to like how there were no boxes for Jesus, like racial, political, social. Like He just exploded and destroyed all those boxes. He said stuff like. Pay taxes to Caesar, give Caesar's what is Caesar's, and give God's what is God, I mean the tithe and the tax. Like, that was so insulting to the Jews at the time. They didn't want to give anything to Caesar. He was decimating the people. And, and Jesus was like, honor. Honor the, honor the government that's on you. Um, allowing a prostitute to wipe her hair on his feet <laughs> in a banquet full of the most highly respected social and political and religious people at the time. Allowing a prostitute to come and... and, and dry his feet with her tears and perfume like that's like radical shocking like there were no boxes of, of people who couldn't be touched or loved by him or couldn't touch him and so uh, like me thinking about us in our uh, cultural situation where there's so much political and racial tension and social tension like how do we, I don't even want to ask the question how do we love radically I, th- I think it's like we just do it like do it I don't care like what color you are or what race you're from or like can I sit with you and listen to you and listen to your pain the way Jesus did for other people, the Samaritan woman at the But it's gotta start at the it's gotta start inside of us. It's yeah. gotta start with talking about loving yourself. It's gotta start well it's it's loving ourselves but also loving the other. It's gotta start with I am not going to delight in evil by ragging on him because he continually leaves the toilet seat up. Okay. I took care of that issue. I just removed them. I, and that, that I, actually, he's very, very good about the toilet seat. Okay, we have no problem in our house. But, but if it doesn't start practicing at home, there's too many times we get on. I can't believe my kid. They da da da. I can't believe my spouse. They da da da. Okay, why aren't they ever? They're always. All right. That's what we focus on at home. Yeah. And if that's what we're focusing on home, because I like the kitchen sink completely empty, he has no problems with dishes in it. So my, my I have to come home now and clean the dishes. What about people who slam the cabinet doors? <laughs> okay. All right. But these are the these are the things that we consume. These are the things that we consume daily. But it's Every like Pastor day. John said this morning, you just start, which is what mm-hmm. goes back to what you just yep. said. How, Joe. Do, how do we do that? You just start. Joe. I like what Sarah said, and, and you know, piggybacking on what Pastor Sarge said, it really starts with this point. God so loved the world that he gave. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I look at my relationship with God, God says to me that 
I love you unconditionally, and I created you, and I love you so I can love you. That's where it really starts, right? And when I accept that love, and when I see, and God says, in spite of your sin, in spite of your shortcomings, in spite of your failures, I love you because you were created in my image, and I love you because you're my child. When I see that, the first thing that says to me is, wow, I have value. And that's I have, I have, I have purpose. I have meaning. The instant that that happens, right, that we get to that realization, God tells you to turn your face. I don't care if it's your brother, your sister, your wife, your neighbor next door, your coworker. God tells you to turn your face and say, you know what? That person that you're looking at was created in my image, has purpose, has value, has meaning, exactly like you do. That's where my love begins to, to spring out because I realize that in myself, my own hurts, my pain, my mess, and all that, God loves me unconditionally. He doesn't put it aside, but what he's saying is, now you're free to become who I need you to be. You're free to obey. You're free to walk away from sin. You're free to be able to love. You don't have to hold on to the hurts and pains. Now I turn and I realize, oh, this person right next to me has the same value has the same meaning, has the same purpose. God says, ding, 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 got it. Now you love that person as now you love yourself because you see how valuable and precious you are to me. That person right next to you is the same thing. I want you to treat that person the same way. Mm -hmm. Love springs from that. Mm -hmm. I was just saying what Joe was saying. part that hit me was, who's telling you to do that? The person telling you to do that is the person, is God, who came down on earth and put himself on a cross. Went through none of us. I wouldn't be able to handle that. I couldn't even come close. So you're talking about an individual who we all claim to believe, who we all claim to want to follow. And he is an individual who has done immeasurably more than any of us that's the person who's asking you to follow him yep. and if you really understand that and grasp that all of a sudden being nice to your wife when she's not being nice or loving that person at work that's spewing all the hatred is a whole lot easier the investment's worth it there's a difference between putting up with abuse and Okay, they leave the cabinet doors, so we close them. Mm -hmm. They leave the dish, okay? They leave the dishes in the sink, so we wash them. Our attitude about that is the difference between delighting in evil and rejoicing in the truth. I sit on porcelain, I'm thankful I have indoor plumbing. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't. Love rejoices. Here's love rejoices with the truth which includes the reality of redemption. Mm -hmm. That Christ has forgiven us and given us a new start when we turn to Him in repentance and turn to Him in faith. And I think what Sarah was saying, do you want to know how we can start to love radically? You really want that? I want you to get the person in your mind against whom you hold your deepest offense. It, be, 
begins with forgiveness. If you can forgive that person, and it may be you, and it may be yourself, you are on your way toward being able to radically love. Because the two go hand in hand. Jesus was radically loving because he was eternally redemptive. That's why Jesus could do that. Why did Jesus allow that prostitute to, to dry or to essentially wash his feet with her tears and then dry them? Because he saw her through the cross that he was about to hit. If we want to rejoice with the truth, then that means the whole truth and not a partial truth. It does not mean a truth compromised by society or compromised by circumstances. You know, Jack Nicholson in that one movie, you don't know the truth. You don't know what we have to deal with as Marines. Rejoicing with the truth means transcending or stepping over the circumstances and rejoicing with Jesus. Because his word says that we don't step into that alone. His word says that by his divine power, we have been given everything that we need for living a life of godliness and holiness. Verse 5 says, so make every effort, so just choose. Just start. Just start. All right. Father, thank you for being our truth. The only truth we'll ever need. Because frankly, Jesus, you are the truth. And so, Lord, help us to rejoice with Jesus. Help us rejoice with, with the truth that includes the reality of redemption with the truth that failure is not final, with the truth that we are not defined by our failings, but we are defined by our relationship with Jesus. Lord, help us to rejoice with you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right.